0: Welcome to Muscle Maven Radio. I'm your host, Ashley Van Houten. Thank you for joining me. It is now almost the end of 2020. It only took us about 17 years to get here, but congratulations. We almost made it. This is actually going to be my last podcast of the year, um, just because I thought, you know, I want to break over the holidays. I'm sure you want a break. I'm sure you have better things to do than listen to podcasts on Christmas, uh, New Year's, all that stuff. So the next time you'll hear from me is in January 2021. Lots of hopes for, I don't know, I don't want to say a better year, but a year with a bit more joy, maybe a little bit less fear. That's what I hope for, but I am spending this time kind of reflecting on how much Uh, actually happened, how much I accomplished, how much we got done in 2020. I mean, there was lots to be sad and stressed out about, but man, I was busy in 2020. I got a lot done that I feel good about, um, and I'm hoping to continue to bring that, I don't know, energy and and work ethic into 2021 and see what we can get done. This year, I wrote a book. My book is out. It takes guts. You still have time to get that for a last-minute Christmas present if you want, book all about organ meats, nose to tail eating, the importance of honoring the food that we eat, understanding the food that we eat, and being open-minded to new things. So uh, I'm really proud of that book. I launched a pull-up program That's available too, another great Christmas present, maybe a New Year's resolution inspiration to get you to to get some pull-ups, really proud of that program, it took me a long time, I'm really excited to see people starting to try it and get stronger and become more empowered in the gym uh, or wherever you're working out, so I've got that, I've got a bunch of new projects coming up, including actually, um, just going to tease this here, one with my guest today. Rachel Gregory. She's a board-certified nutritionist. She's a writer. She's a podcaster. Um, we've done some work together. We actually created a workshop at the very beginning of the pandemic last year to kind of bring people together and keep morale high and keep us on track with our goals. And since we've started working together and podcasting together and just putting out a bunch of information together, we realize we work really well um, together and that people seem to be really resonating with the kind of stuff that we're doing. So she and I are working on a big project that's going to be coming out early 2021, And Another let's say course program learning opportunity that we're really, really excited about, and we're putting a lot of work and effort into um so stay tuned on that, um so yeah, I mean lots going on pretty pretty excited, pretty happy about it, really happy to shut her down for the rest of December, maybe, and uh and I hope that you do that as well. So today's episode with Rachel, what we decided to do, because we were we were connecting and doing this joint podcasting thing so much, we wanted to do a couple episodes on really specific topics that we could dive deep on, topics that our audience and our listeners collectively ask us about all the time, and we thought we'd kind of share them across our platforms. And this episode is about mindset, mental health, um, and kind of just Working in, right? Instead of working out, like figuring out how to, for lack of a more um, official word, get your mind right for improving your health, improving performance, getting stronger, um, changing lifestyle behaviors to healthier ones. Like that's about a lot more than just willpower. It's about a lot more than just knowing what to do. Most of us know what to do, right? That's not the problem. It's not a lack of information these days. It's about being able to make these behavior changes, being able to make these switches in your head, um, reframing things and understanding the the real reason why you want to make these changes, all of that stuff. There's a lot of psychology that goes into this, this kind of work. And so we wanted to talk about it. We wanted to answer some questions from maybe previous clients or podcast listeners who have questions about this stuff. How you visualize success, how you change from a negative mindset to a positive one, from a static mindset to a growth mindset, Um, some of our practices, some of our maybe mindfulness, meditation, visualization practices, all that stuff. Kind of just a fun conversation about how important the mental aspect of health is because really it's, that's kind of where it starts. Um, so that's it. This is my last episode for 2021. I want to thank you guys so, so much for sticking with me this year. If you remember at the beginning of this year, this podcast had a different name, um, and it had a different kind of controlling body and it was all about paleo, which is great because paleo is great, but, halfway through the year, I changed. I changed the podcast. I rebranded it. I made it my own. Um, I've been able to expand and grow in new areas and have different guests and different opinions and different topics. And I'm really proud of it. I'm really excited to still be here. I do need your help though. So if you're, you know, this is the spirit of giving. If you want to give back to me, the way that you can do that, the way that you can sort of pay for this free service is to make sure that whatever platform you you listen to this on you are subscribed you are downloading these episodes if there's any ability if you're on apple itunes um, apple podcasts to rate and review to leave me a review i that's the only way that this podcast um, can exist is by getting your feedback Um, and i love the emails i love the messages i love when you share it please continue to do that but you know downloading, subscribing, rating, reviewing, all of that stuff is real concrete, um, ways that you can, you can support the show and make sure that it continues to to happen into 2021. So, um, if you could do that, it would mean a lot to me. And that's it. Enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you all a healthy, happy, relaxed, calm, beautiful holiday season, end of 2020. And, uh, enjoy the episode with Rachel Gregory. All right. Rachel and Ashley, back together again. Another Q&A. Yep again. Because uh, people seem to keep asking for it. So if you ask for it, you're going to get it. And yeah. you were warned. But we like to, we like to rant. Um, I think it makes sense, though. I think that this is a cool thing that we're, we're doing and we'll keep doing regularly as long as people like it. Because the fact is, you and I have Our own brands and our own work that we're doing, but we have um, a large bulk of our audience, I think, in common like a lot of women and men, but mostly women who are looking to learn about health, learn about muscle growth, learn about how to sort of find something that works and is sustainable and positive and fun for them. Um, And so, because we get a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same type of people asking them, it kind of makes sense that we get together, have some rants about the topics that are important and, uh, and hope we can, you know, get it out to the, the widest group of people. So I like that we're doing this and we're kind of like, hopefully going to keep doing these regular Q and A's. And sometimes they'll be on your podcast. Sometimes they'll be on mine. Um, and hopefully people will just follow us both and listen <laughs> to all of them. Um, yeah. So yeah. cool. Yeah.
1: Um, i excited to be here.
0: Yeah, so what we what we did this time was uh, we crowdsourced some questions from the internets and basically tried to lump them into some major categories so that we could really kind of dive deep on one topic. So instead of having a QA where we could talk about everything, we're kind of like, okay, let's put the muscle building questions in this episode and let's put the cardio questions in this episode so we can really kind of like dive deep on one topic, which I like. Um, but of Mm -hmm. course, if people would prefer that we do something different or if they have other questions or other topics, reach out to us and let us know because we're doing this for you. So tell us what you want and we'll do our best to deliver, I think. Um, all right. So today's topic is kind of an intense one. We'll see how much we can get through, but it is the mindset part of health. And I think what that means to me is the idea that um, we talk about all the, the lifestyle factors that go into finding your optimal health, whether it's performance or body composition or you know whatever health means to you. There are these like underlying basic factors that you want to get sorted out before you Uh, you know, tweak or nitpick or worry about biohacking or whatever sexy thing you're into. And those basic factors, as we all know, are things like nutrition, sleep, um, stress management, exercise. And then you could even talk about things like relationships or sort of like managing the other areas of your life that have nothing to do with your health because they do all sort of connect. Um, but one of the big pieces about that, that we sometimes don't talk about in the health and fitness world is the mindset piece. And those, that tends to get a little bit like esoteric or like woo woo and people who are very goal oriented and type a, and I'm speaking about myself here sometimes have a hard time. Yeah. Getting around that part. Like, look, we all know that mindset and attitude, um, influences behavior, but sometimes when you see different people posting about like, you know, fixing your mindset and use this crystal and this like essential oil and you're like, all right, I I don't have time for that. But the fact remains that our brain is the most important part of anything that we do. If we don't have our mind right, if we don't have our attitude right, if we don't know how to enact the behaviors or the lifestyle that we want, no amount of information about how you're supposed to eat is going to make a difference. So the mindset part, and just like the rest of it, it's a constant work in progress. You don't like fix and perfect your mindset. You're not like, Oh, got the perfect attitude now. Like, here we go. Cause these things change. Right. And your, your situation changes and the things that are happening in your life change. And, um, so it's a constant kind of flow. And I think that approaching it, like we approach everything else, like this is an adventure. It's part of our life. This is, you know, this is our life. This isn't a thing we do to get to the end. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the the closer we are to kind of accepting that and then moving forward with it, the better. Um, but with that said, I got quite a few kind of interesting mindset questions, so I'm excited to sort of like dive into them, talk about our own experiences and maybe weaknesses and challenges, and kind of see where it goes. Yeah, let's do it. I'm done. All right, all right, okay. So, first question. That we got is: Do you spend time visualizing your goals, and how do you plan, stay motivated, and visualize these things? So you know, people talk about it all the time. Of like, how do you? First of all, how do you clearly articulate your goal, and then when you have it, how do you kind of keep it top of mind? How do you keep it a priority? How do you? How do you think about what it is that you want to achieve? Um, and that is actually kind of a deeper question than you might think on the outset, because a lot of people use different visualization tactics, or they write things down, or they externalize it by maybe posting a goal publicly or something, so that then, you know, you've got that outside pressure. I don't think there's any, like, right or wrong way to do it, um, but I do think that it's important to spend time every day or consistently thinking about what your goal is in a, um, in a, how do I say this? Not regimented, but in a like focused way. Um, otherwise that's when things fall by the wayside. That's when things Mm -hmm. become, um, less clear in your mind or when they fall off or when they get confusing. So I think that having some sort of plan for how you're going to keep coming back to your goal, I think is important. Um, do you have any kind of specifics ways that you kind of approach it? Cause you're, you, I feel like you always have something like you always have a goal <laughs> that you're working on. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I say, I would say that, you know, that when you're talking about like goal setting and things like that, I think that. You know, it comes down to realizing that like focusing so much on the outcome side of the, of things like the, the specific outcome of the goal is probably not going to be. Super beneficial and productive versus focusing on the action sides, like the actions that will get you to that outcome. Um, So, for me, that's really like if I'm setting a goal or helping a client set a goal, we're really like focusing on, you know, okay, you have this outcome goal, but what are the action steps that you need to be doing on a daily, weekly basis to get you to that goal? Um, So, I'm really a fan of like, actually tracking these things and making them objective right and doing things consistently and tracking things consistently to make sure that you are taking those action steps towards that goal because you can say you know i have a goal of whatever it is losing weight or building muscle or whatever it is but okay that's like the overarching goal but we have to break that down into several other things and put in place specific action steps that can get you to that. Um, and even when we're talking about like mindset things, so for example, you know, you know this, but I, you know, I have an Excel sheet that I track that I share with my coach and he keeps me accountable for doing my meditation every morning and doing my morning stretches. Um, you know, a few of my long-term goals are, you know, I had a back injury a few years ago and I don't ever want to feel that pain again. So I know that if I do my morning stretches every single day and that action step is going to allow me to not regress, then I need to do that. And I need to have a system in place that allows me to make sure I'm doing that right. So I check that off on my kind of habit checklist every single day. Um, And that's just like kind of going back to those action steps. So I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make when they're setting these goals is that they're just so focused on the outcome rather than focusing on like the progression and the process and the action steps that will actually get you to that outcome and setting, you know, okay, I have to do this for you know, I'm going to do this for the next two weeks and stay accountable for it and do it every single day. And that is going to help me work closer to that outcome goal, rather than just saying like, I want this outcome and I'm going to do all these different things to try to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of my take on whenever I'm setting a goal, it's always, okay, what are the action steps and how do we make those steps like uh, objective and be able to track them objectively versus focusing on, you know, maybe the subject part of things or the, um, kind of overarching picture.
0: I like that. I agree. I think, and I think it's also important to have the conversation with yourself, um, about whatever your goal is to dive deeper beneath what that goal is to articulate what does achieving that goal give you? Because, Say for example, and I know I I keep beating this one to death because it's just like one of the only sort of competitive goal things I've ever done, which is the bodybuilding thing, right? But so many people pick a bodybuilding show or maybe a photo shoot as their goal, right? And so for you to say, okay, well, all the steps you take to get there, which is consistently sleeping well, eating well, exercising, tracking, All of that stuff is important and you're right. You have to focus on that to get to that end goal. But that's, for a lot of people, that part is gonna be just a means to an end. Like they just wanna look good on that day. And so they can, for a minute, be like, yeah, this stuff's important, but like really, they're just thinking about that day, that day. And to flip it on its head, a lot of people wouldn't do that strict three four five month protocol unless they knew there was that end goal at the end because it's just hard. it's just a lot mm-hmm. of work and it's tedious work it's not fun work most of it so you do the the end goal is also important so I'm not saying you didn't say that but I'm just saying that a lot of people are like well don't worry about the end goal that's not what matters what matters is the journey but for a lot of people that end goal is also yeah. very important so I think what but what, what we need to do to make sure that this is healthy and a learning experience for people, is to understand, like a lot of people are just like, they just think, okay, get to the bodybuilding stage and then I'm going to get up there and I'm going to look good and that'll make me feel good or I'll win and then I'll feel good about myself and I'll move on to the next thing. But maybe spending a little bit more time thinking about what does it really mean to achieve that goal? If you're doing a photo shoot, maybe it's, it's really about proving to yourself that you could stick to a really tough plan and that you're resilient and that you're tough and that you can work really hard when you dedicate yourself to something. And maybe it's proving that you, I don't know, um, can do something that scares you. And so if you can do this one thing that scares you, maybe you can do these other things that scare you. So just taking it like a couple steps deeper to understand the why, because so many times we've talked about this before people come to you, people come to me and they're like, I want to do a bodybuilding competition or I want to be carnivore for six months or I want to whatever. And when I ask them, the first question is just why, Why? I'm not telling you you shouldn't. I'm not saying that's a stupid goal. I'm just saying, have you thought about why? Is it because everybody around you is doing it? Is it because you saw somebody do a competition and they looked really good and you want that? Like you probably need a better reason. And then when you have a good reason and a reason that feels authentic to you, then by all means, go go for it, do it. But have that have that that real reason because going back to the initial question about having the motivation again, we all know motivation is very fleeting. It comes and goes. If you rely a hundred percent on motivation, you're screwed. Everyone's screwed because it it just, it isn't there all the time. So you need to have the consistency and you need to have that deeper, really intrinsic underlying reason why you want to do something. Um, So I think that's important to think about and it's going to take some time for people. And some people may sadly come to the conclusion that like, They don't have a good enough reason to sustain the work it's going to take to hit that goal. Maybe you just find a different goal, or maybe you just amend it or adjust it somewhat, and that's fine. That's okay, Um, because your goals are yours, and it's not for anybody else to decide whether it's worthwhile or not. Um, But then with that said, just to follow up on the visualization thing, like probably one of the most woo-woo things that I do is I fully visualize if I have a thing like that. If I have a competition, if I'm going to speak in front of a bunch of people, if I have something that's like a big deal to me, I 100% visualize exactly what it's going to be. And I do that. I'll do that for weeks leading up to a show or if I'm going to do a presentation or something like that. And it's literally as simple as maybe it's part of your meditation every morning. Maybe it's before you go to bed. Maybe it's before you go to the gym, but you sit. And for me, it's like, my eyes are closed. Usually I'm in bed or whatever. And I walk through it. Like it's happening. Like it's a daydream. Like I am just, here's what the day is going to be like. I'm going to wake up and here's how I'm going to feel. I'm going to put on my little bikini. I'm going to do my whatever. And I'm going to go backstage and I'm going to be mentally prepped and I'm going to breathe. And then I'm going to go on stage and I'm going to feel good. I'm going to walk, perfectly and I'm not going to trip and I'm going to flex perfectly and I'm going <laughs> to smile and I'm going to look good and I'm going to win. And they're going to call me out and I'm going to win it. And you walk through it. You walk through it because I do believe, I, I, I don't know if it's like manifesting. I don't know if it's the secret that you just put out something and it comes back, but I a hundred percent believe that the more you are prepared for the outcome and the more you, you walk through it and rehearse it, the more likely you are to enact it. It's not magic. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you're doing a presentation, you're speaking in front of 200 people and you're scared and you don't practice it, if you don't visualize it, if you don't feel what it will feel like to walk in front of people and open your mouth and talk, you're gonna be way less prepared. If you do it over and over again in your head and you're like, this is what's gonna happen, then when you get up there, you're just doing what you've done a million times already in your head. Um, and so I believe 100% in that. And I also believe that it's great to negatively visualize. I don't think in this case, you need to like visualize going up on stage and tripping and like being super embarrassed. I don't think that's gonna be helpful, but I think that having, just walking through it, just going over it, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse in your brain. I think that that is helpful and it's absolutely something I do. Um, so I highly recommend it. I think that's a great idea.
1: Um, agree.
0: all right. Do we feel good about how we answered
1: that question? I think so. All right. We talk about how we're going to disagree on some things sometime in the near and <laughs> maybe in the future. And let's think we'll of some see. topics. Let, let me just take a
0: quick sidebar. What are some things we could possibly disagree on? Okay. Here's one. You love squash more than you love life itself. I do <laughs> not. I disagree with that. Okay, squash well, is good. We're not hundred percent disagreeing. Cause I still like it, but like you like it have so
1: you much squash though. Yeah. It's squash, dude. Like it's not like, that. Okay. It's not, <laughs> I'm going to make it for you. And then you're going to come to California and we're, okay. we're going we're to have a squash throw down.
0: Yeah. You must be doing, I don't know what you're sprinkling on it, but like it's squash. Okay. It's not that great. It's squash. All right, we'll
1: see. Okay. We'll
0: see. see, told you, told you to disagree <laughs> on something. Okay. I love that. Um, all right. So next question, I actually, I want you to answer this one first. So I have some time to think about it, but this oh, is, boy. you know, this is kind of a cool question who are your mentors and why? Huh? That is or do question. you have any, or do you have yeah. any, or have you had any, or what's your, what's your feeling about
1: mentors maybe? So I would say for me, I don't have like one specific mentor that, you know, I work with on a daily basis. I've had like <clears throat> business coaches and coaches in the past and things like that. Um, and so those are people that I would consider mentors in the sense that they've helped me to, you know, develop my business, develop my own personal, you know, fitness, health goals, things like that. Um, But when it comes to like specific mentors, I would say that, you know, a lot of the people that are in this space that we are, I guess, you know, friends with, right. Who have become friends over, over the years um, who I look up to, you know, I would say that there's so many of them that like for you, for example, like, I feel like you are a mentor for me in the sense of, I look up to a lot of the things that you do and I learn from you and, and all that. So that's kind of when I think of a mentor, I'm like, okay, who is someone that, um, you know, has a, a similar outlook on things in the sense of like for you and me, we talk about like how we can never disagree on things because we have such a broad outlook on different things. Um, that's kind of what I would look for in a mentor, someone who has similar similar kind of views on things, but then also has like other views too, like other unique unique views, um, other experiences, things like that. Um, so I would say for me, like, I don't have one specific, but a lot of the people like in this space, a lot of people that you've had on your podcast, I've had on my podcast, like those would be, um, the people that I look up to and that I learn from. Um, yeah. So
0: I love that. I mean, again, I agree. I feel (laughs) similarly and, but it's, I have, I have a kind of a more of a story to this because Mm -hmm. I have felt for the longest time, because I've followed, you know, so many successful people or podcasts or books that I've read. And it seems like along with meditation, the one other thing that every successful person has is a mentor. And so I've, I've struggled with it for a while because I grew up not having a ton of very strong influences in my life. And, you know, everybody has movie stars that they look up to or think are amazing, or maybe they uh, somebody in the fitness world that they love and maybe you love and respect and appreciate your mom and so she's kind of a you know but like that's not really really what a mentor is um and I have never had a formal mentor relationship and I still sometimes like almost feel guilty about it like I feel like I should like I'm missing out if I'm not doing it um but similarly to what you said having more informal partnerships where it is more of a give and take it doesn't have to be somebody who's 30 years older, who's a millionaire, who whatever. It's a relationship where there's some give and take, where there's learning on both sides, where you feel like there's somebody that's doing something really well or something that you admire that you can learn from. Um, and so that is something that I've I've started to get better at as I get older. And And also, I think one of the issues that I always had, because you know, when you're young, you see things a little bit more in black and white, like this is good and this is bad and this person's smart and this person isn't. And then as you get older, you realize there's no such thing and everything is gray and it's kind of strange and weird and disappointing sometimes. But the thing that I learned from this was I had a hard time finding a mentor because there was no one that was perfect. You know, I'd see somebody and I'd be like, Oh, they're really good at this one thing, but like they suck at this thing. Or I don't like how they do this thing, or I don't like them as a person even, or, you know, and so, it took a lot of time and sort of maturing, I think on my end for me to be able to, and this is something that my Alex has taught me because he's really good at it. And I, uh, for a while, I would give him a hard time. Cause he'd, he'd have like a athlete or something that he'd be like, I really like this person. Or I really look up to the way this person does X, Y, Z. And I'd be like, yeah, but look at the way they do ABC. That sucks. They suck. And he's like, listen, I'm able to take the thing that I admire about a person and learn from it. I don't have to love everything about them. I don't have to think that they're a perfect, amazing person, but I can take lessons from different people in different areas. And it took a while for that to click with me, but I've gotten there because I've worked with a lot of people who don't do everything right. And I wouldn't necessarily want to follow 100% in their footsteps, but I can learn a lot from them. And sometimes you can learn from what they do well, and sometimes you can learn from things they don't do well. And so. Similarly to what you said, I, I I consider most of the people in my network on some level mentors because I'm learning from people all the time. Um, and I think that being able to, instead of, I guess maybe in summary, what I'm trying to say is instead of thinking that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is your mentor because everything he does, he's so successful and he was the best bodybuilder in the world and he's so smart, or this person that is high up in your company, um, you know, instead of looking at somebody as the be all end all think about always what you can be learning from the people around you how you can help them it's got to be sort of a give and take relationship like I I think that we've passed the point where people can just like email a stranger and be like hey you're so great I'd love to learn from you let's do this like that isn't that isn't the way you want to enter into a mentorship relationship you have to realize you're asking something of them and they're probably really busy and don't want to just give time to strangers you need to like engage and build relationships with people and just figure out in any situation where you can learn, what you can learn. And then you're you're kind of always getting better and you're always appreciating the people around you. So I think that's helpful. Um I know that's kind of a bit of a cop out because neither of us are like my mentor yeah. is so and so but I just I'm still and you know I'm not closed off to the idea of a formal mentorship relationship. If that's something maybe um when I have like a specific goal in mind and I'm like, okay, this person can help me. So Maybe I can help them do some things and they can help me sort this problem out. But I think that right now it's more about just taking the lessons where you can get them, being open to that, Um, having less of an ego because I can learn from people who are less experienced than me. I can learn from people who are younger than me. Um, I can learn from people who aren't in the industry and like you kind of alluded to, too, you can learn from people who don't have the same opinions as you. Mm-hmm. We should be learning from people who don't always have the same opinions as us. So, yeah, um, yeah. so maybe, you know, less uh, formal pick one person and try to learn everything you can and more just like look at every person and every experience as an opportunity to learn. Yeah. I right. completely agree. All right. <laughs> Squash. Squash isn't that great. Um, okay. Find something else. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so
0: here's the next question. Now that we are many months in to this new world that we're experiencing, you know, we started our thing at the very beginning of the pandemic and here we are still going some however many months later, I don't even want to count it. Um, how, yeah, how has the pandemic Changed your mindset, your goals, how you live and how you work from day to day. So this is kind of like a check in, right? Like at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was freaked out. Everyone was like, "What the hell is going on? We're all staying in our house. Everything's on hold." Now that we're sort of like trying to establish a new normal, how is how are you feeling about it? How are how have things changed for you? What do you what
1: are your thoughts? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me, like. from the start, and we obviously talked about this when we did our Satan's Next Challenge and all of that, was realizing and taking more um, time to think about what I can actually control and what I can't, Um, and really like reminding myself of that every single day in my morning routine, in my meditation practices, all of that. That is the biggest thing that I found to be helpful for me, knowing that, you know, okay, I can absolutely control this and I can absolutely not control this. <laughs> and making those distinctions and making it that helps personally for me to get less stressed out about when things happen, i.e., my gym closing down every other two weeks. Is it closed now house. or open currently? It's open now, but who knows what's going to happen. Like,
0: yeah. It
1: closed, it opened, it closed, it opened. And so that is something that I personally have no control over. So when that happens, yes, it's frustrating, but. What am I going to do to make the best out of that situation? What can I do to make the best out of that situation? Um, that's been the biggest thing for me. And I think just in general, like things you adapt to things, right. And we talk about this all the time, becoming resilient, adapting all of that. Um, that's like the biggest kind of takeaway that I've gotten from this whole thing is just that, you know, things are going to happen. Life's going to happen you adapt, you grow, like there's lessons that have been learned from all of this for many, many people. Um, but I think staying in that mindset that, okay, focus on the things you can control because that's, what's going to take you closer to any of the goals that you have. It's going to make you less stressed <laughs> on a daily basis. Um, it's going to allow you to focus on the things that actually make a difference and matter in your own personal life, in your business, in your goals, whatever they may be, um, versus focusing and getting angry and getting pissed off about things that you have absolutely no control over. What about though, just to
0: add some complexity to the situation, so in like stoic philosophy, that's what they talk about, right? They're like, deal with the stuff you can control, let go of the stuff you can't, but there's also this third piece where, because again, gray areas all around, There is a third category, which is stuff you have some control over, but not all. And this could be stuff from relationships or politics, right? Like Mm -hmm. we have some control over what's happening in the greater world because we can exercise Uh, our right to vote or um, make decisions with how we spend our money and things like that. Mm -hmm. But we ultimately don't have total control over what happens or how these things play out. So how do we manage that part because you know i think we've all been doing this work of like learning to let go of the things you can't control and that's huge and that's a lot of work and it also is extremely liberating when you can mm-hmm. make that dis- that decision make those distinctions but with that stuff that's in the middle like how do we manage that how do we how do we balance it like we're still involved we know we can't really control it but we can kind of do our part but it's still stressful like what do you do
1: that's a really good question <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer because I think with that too, it's like, it's the gray area. And for me, it's like, there's so many other things to focus on that. If I put my energy towards trying to figure that out and like, okay, where am I spending my money exactly? And is this making a difference? Like for me, it's like, I don't have the bandwidth in my mind to think about that in the sense of like that side of things, but if there was something that was like more concrete, then obviously yes, like that is going to be something that I think about. Like if I have, if I can do a specific action that brings us closer to something, then yes, of course, like, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, that's a hard question.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know if this is a good answer or not, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Um. You know, we talk a lot as like entrepreneurs and freelancers and people who work for ourselves. There's kind of this general rule that everybody talks about and very few people follow, which is instead of trying to have your hand in every single pie and try to do every single thing that comes along, you need to at some point prioritize, realize that you cannot do everything. And if you try to do too many things, you're just going to do everything poorly. So it's a hard job to constantly curate and cull your interests and your jobs and your priorities to say, look, I could do these 10 things, but I just got to do these two or three things because they're the important ones. They're the ones I'm most passionate about. They're the ones that are going to help the most people. They're the ones that are going to feed me. right? Mm -hmm. And that has been something that I've had to struggle with a lot during the pandemic. And I'll get to that. But I'm thinking that um, applying that concept to life and decision-making, I'm not saying that you should just not care about certain things because you, it's stressful or because you don't have a ton of control over it. But I do think that maybe there's some wisdom in your, in retaining your own mental health to sort of almost, you kind of got to prioritize or pick and choose the things you care about the most. You know, like if there's 10 things in the world, in politics, in the news, in your friend group, in your community that are issues that are like stressing you out, that you're like, oh man, I forgot about this bullshit that I have to deal with now. Like maybe sometimes you just have to say, look, I this is the thing that I care about the most. And so this is where I'm going to place most of my mental energy or my time because we just can't do it all. And like you said, if you try, it's a recipe for disaster for anybody. I don't care how smart or energetic or wealthy you are. You can't do everything. And so many people think that applies to everyone but themselves. And it just doesn't. And, you know, so going back to the question of like, how have you been adapting during quarantine? One of the things that I've done is become more busy in work than I ever have because I haven't had the distractions of going outside and doing fun things with people and travel specifically, which travel has actually been a big part of my work. But because we have less distractions, I was like, all right, well, here's what I do have. I have the opportunity to work harder to get some things done that were maybe on the back burner to create new opportunities. And you and I have been a part of that together, which has been Mm -hmm. great. And I've been busier and I've been making more money and I've been doing more things. And that's been very exciting. But it also then of course, at some point tips over into, okay, well now I've got too much on my plate. (laughs) Now I'm too stressed out. I kind of don't even want to do this thing. How do I get out of this now? Um, and it's something that like previous to the pandemic, I kind of always prided myself on it. Cause I was like, I'm never that busy. Like I, I got stuff to do, but I'm not like one of those yeah. people who's like missing appointments or forgetting to call people. Cause I'm so busy. And I started getting to that point and I didn't like it. I was like, this isn't me. This doesn't feel good. It's not worth the extra, however much money I'm making by taking on this additional project that I just took because it was there. Um, and it comes back to stress management, to distracting yourself from other things, um, to a scarcity mindset where it's like, well, if I don't try to make as much money as possible or do as many things as possible, it won't be there in a month. um, which generally just isn't the case. So one of the jobs that I've really had to do after the first initial few months of busyness and craziness is, like everyone said, kind of getting clear on the things that I want to do the things that I'm good at the things that have future and promise for me and the things that I care about and really focusing on them and saying, there's a couple other things that I can cut completely. And maybe it'll hurt a little bit because I'm making less money, or maybe it'll be uncomfortable because I have to extract myself from a situation, but it's what I should do. It's better for me. It's better for my family. It's better for the people I'm trying to help. Um, and I think it takes a little bit of, um, of maturity and almost like ego dissolution to do that. Because again, I just, I feel like so many people who take on more than they can chew. It's this like insecurity. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. I can do it all. And if I can't, then who am I? And I can take this new thing on and I should take this new thing on. It's like, sometimes you just have to check yourself and like, understand that no one person can do everything. And what do you want to do everything for anyway? Mm -hmm. And instead, let's just get clear on what you want to do and chase after those instead. I apologize for interrupting the beautiful flow of this amazing podcast you're listening to, but I promise this will be quick and worth your while. I'm trying to give you guys a deal here, so just bear with me for a minute. Okay. Today's show is brought to you by Primally Pure. This is a company that I have loved and used for years and years. When I first started getting into sort of ancestral health and the paleo way of eating, which of course evolved into paying attention to skincare and other just products that you're using in your daily life, because if you're going to be picky about what goes in your bod, you need to be picky about what goes on your bod too. Like everything you slather on your face or skin or hair in your hands, it gets absorbed into your body too. And often we have no idea what these chemicals and ingredients are and what they're doing. And a lot of times they really aren't something we want to ingest, right? Like these are not edible or bioavailable products that we want in our bodies. And You know, sometimes I find that natural skincare stuff just doesn't have the same feel or luxuriousness. It doesn't look pretty. It doesn't smell pretty um, as some of those sort of standard companies that we use and buy. And let's be honest, I don't really want to settle for natural skincare that I don't actually enjoy using. I like to treat myself. I like to smell nice and feel nice. So Pure came along and made my life very happy. I interviewed their founder years ago, and I've been using their stuff consistently ever since. Their products are made with just a few ingredients that you can actually recognize and name and pronounce, stuff like extra virgin olive oil, beeswax, tallow from grass-fed cows, but don't worry, you're not going to smell like tallow. Uh, They've got stuff like mango butter, essential oils. Their products smell amazing without being overpowering or fake. They feel delicious. Most importantly, they actually work and do what they say they're going to do. So their body butter, which is my favorite product, is like the most decadent thing in the world. It has like the consistency of frosting, and it smells delicious, and it just makes your skin so nice and smooth and creamy. I've ranted about their deodorant before. It's like magic. It actually makes you stop smelling, not just right away when you put it on, but like all the time. Like I literally use deodorant every couple of days now instead of worrying about (laughs) stinking halfway through the day. It works for men and women. All of these products are for everybody. I can't say enough about how just beautiful and transparent and good this company is. So I've supported them forever. They've supported me. And I want to pass along this discount for use. You can try them and be blown away by it too. And their products are actually very affordable considering the quality uh, you know, that they're giving you. So anyway, I'm so in love. Um, I'd be happy to talk to you more one-on-one about the products. If you're on the fence, you don't know maybe which stuff to try, just send me a message. Send me a DM on Instagram. Send me an email. Let me know. I can help you out. Use the code MUSCLEMAVEN. When you go to primallypure.com and just take care of your skin the way that you want to take care of everything else, uh, you won't regret it. Okay. Now back to the show. Yeah, for sure. I'm in the same boat. (laughs) 100%. It's exhausting even talking about it though. Jeez. Mm. Oh my God. It's so much. And it's like, listen, and I, I say this all the time. Like, I think I'm doing okay, but I'm not going to pretend that this situation is all roses and I'm not going to (laughs) pretend that I am not worried about what's coming a little bit. Like, I think that I'm resilient and I have a good um, support system and I can work hard and and I'm fortunate and I'm privileged to be in a place where I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not worried about eating tomorrow, Yeah. but I'm worried about this winter. I'm worried about what's gonna happen in November. I'm worried about people um, walking back restrictions and and closing things down and the economy and how that's gonna affect our mental health. Like. I'm, I can't pretend that that's not a concern. That's a big deal. And so it's constantly keeping it at bay. Um, not letting the panic overtake you. And also just thinking again, like you said at the beginning of this, okay, so these are all issues. Let's not pretend that they aren't, but what can I do about it on a daily basis? And then it's like, okay, you walk back from there. You're like, okay, what can I do to keep myself from freaking out? how can I support the people in my life? How can I, what can I do today to make these concerns better in my own immediate vicinity? And that's really it. You just got to take it day by day and I don't know, try to sleep at night. I don't know.
1: No, I agree. I agree. (laughs) I think you said it. You said everything I was thinking, so I don't have anything else to say. (laughs) All right, good. We're done. No. Um, Okay. We do
0: have uh, a couple more questions. Okay. Um, let's see, this is a good one that I think you probably deal with a lot with your clients Mm
1: -hmm.
0: when you fall off the wagon or you fail at a goal or something that you are working on, how do you get back on track and how, and similarly to that, how do you keep yourself from falling off the wagon when the inevitable issues or stressors or whatever comes up? How do you deal with that?
1: So I think the first thing is just knowing that it's going to happen. For every single person, like every, you're human, there's life is going on, right? We just talked about the stressors of life. Like it's going to happen. You're going to fail at some point. If you don't, then you're probably not <laughs> working towards the things that you should be working towards or to the degree that you could be working towards them, right? Um, I think the biggest thing, and this is something that I just consistently remind myself of, consistently remind my uh, clients of is consistency, right? Consistency over perfection. That is the biggest thing because, you know, if we think about it, nobody's perfect. Yeah. Maybe you do something perfect once or twice or three times or whatever, but that is not what matters in the long haul, right? We were talking about goals and and setting goals and achieving goals and creating action items to get to those goals. The only way to do that and to actually achieve that is to be consistent with what you're doing. And in my opinion, having structure and systems in place to allow for that is the biggest thing that's changed my life is doing that. Like having systems, having structure, focusing on those consistent factors, realizing that, yeah, I'm going to fall off the wagon sometimes, but if I let that derail me so much to the point where I can't, quote unquote, get back on, then that's an issue. Um, But in itself, like, that's where having an outside perspective having someone to help guide you if you consistently are falling off the wagon right if it's something that's happening over and over and over again either you might be kind of overreaching towards something right whatever it may be or maybe you don't have an accountability factor that is allowing you to focus on that consistency part of things um so that's what kind of where I would start. I don't, what, what was the second half of the question? Yeah. How do you
0: keep how do you get yourself motivated?
1: How do you keep yourself motivated? So this is something that I've also, again, we talked about this too, but like motivation, it, it's something that, you know, yes, everybody needs some type of motivation, some type of self-discipline, but I really don't like to focus on the motivation side of things because it's so like it ebbs and flows so much from day to day. Everybody says that, but like, it's so true. Like you could just wake up one day, especially as, as women, like we know our hormones and all of those, like all the things that are going on, like we just have things going on and you know, one day we could just wake up and feel like crap. And it's nothing that we've done the day before or anything that we've done quote unquote wrong, but it's just like, it's part of being a woman, yeah. and being a human being, motivation comes and goes. And I think, so if, I think that you're focused on feeling motivated to do something, then it's probably, you probably need to be focusing on something else. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, going back to, again, your, the, the idea of like consistency over perfection, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard before, it's not like a new concept, but to take it, just a a step further from this is just like a platitude or like a nice saying to again really the pragmatic reality of this and i wish i had i should start for these calls i'm gonna start having like paper so i can like draw sketches because i'm a terrible drawer and it's hilarious but it would be good for the people who are watching this is like if you look at like a timeline i'm talking with my hands people so you should be just looking at this on youtube but if you look at like a timeline of like your starting point and your end goal and you decide, you try to do everything perfectly, obsessively perfectly. So you're like way up here. I'm so perfect. I'm so perfect. And then I crash and burn and fall off the wagon. And I hate myself and I failed. Look where you are. Here's your end goal. You're way down here in a pit somewhere of despair. Okay. Whereas if you look at starting point, end point, and you're like, I'm just going to be consistent and I'm doing great today. And then I fall off the wagon, but you know what? I get right back on and then I am doing good. And then I fall back down. Then I come back and then I just, I don't beat myself up. Oh, look, here I am at the end because I didn't, freak out every time I had a completely normal human failing. I got right back on there and I kept going and I kept going until I hit the end. So that's how human nature works. Like you, you like shoot for the stars and you crash and burn and you don't get anywhere. Or you recognize that you're a human with challenges and, and issues and things that you have to work on. And you just keep going till you get to the end. That's it. That's how everybody does yeah. it. That's, you know, it's, it's, Literally human nature. This isn't fancy. This isn't like a, a storybook that we're telling you. This isn't like some like easy to write on Instagram kind of quote. This is just the reality of how humans work. And anybody who's successful will tell you the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's it. Hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Hundred percent. Right. Cool.
0: Um, okay. Last question, and then maybe we can just try to wrap this up and see if there's anything else that we want to talk about before we go. But this is actually a good one. And this is a big one. Um, someone asked, how do you help a partner or person who's close to you? If they have expressed maybe that they have a health issue or a lifestyle issue or a problem that they want to fix, or even if they haven't expressed it, but it's very obvious to you that they're struggling but they have a mindset that is very fixed. It's like, a am a victim. This is happening to me. There's nothing that can be done about it. It is what it is. So there's that there's part one of that question. And then also if you are somebody who's trying to make changes in your life and someone, a partner, a best friend, someone close to you has that mindset and you're trying to like achieve some goals while you have like this downer attached to you, who's like, no, it's never going to work. Nothing changes. No one changes, whatever. So, two parts to this question. It's big, right? Like how do you help someone that you know is struggling that has this fixed mindset? And how do you help yourself when your main support system has that kind of attitude? Do you yeah. do you deal with this? Is this like a part of your, maybe if you're working with clients and they come to you and they're like, oh, what do I do? Cause my boyfriend sucks or whatever.
1: Yeah. I would say that the biggest thing is well actually I want to hear I want to hear what you have to I feel like I'm answering all the questions first. Yeah, okay. All right, fine.
0: I want to, hear, <laughs> you want to know. Um I mean this is a really tough one. Like yeah, there's
1: Maybe that's why I just said
0: Yeah, it is a really tough one. And again, I don't think there's any one particular answer, yeah. but I think like one of the things I've learned um through my time in this industry and when you go through this trajectory of like learning how to make yourself feel better, learning about important health things that you think are like just incredible and new, and you're like the first person to discover it. And so you get super excited and you want to tell everybody and you want to fix everybody around you. Everybody goes through that, right? And then when you like, again, crash and burn there, because everyone's like, get out of here with that. And you're like, oh man, nobody wants to be smart and fix their life. Fine. And so you then, But then you kind of even out and you're like, all right, I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to put out information in the best way I know how, when people are ready to learn, they'll come to me. And in a lot of cases that works. It's something that I had to learn with like certain friends and family members who might say like, Oh, I hate the way I look, or I hate the way I feel, or I'm overweight and I can't seem to lose it. Or I just want to get back in the gym, but I'm sore all the time, et cetera. And I'd be like, do this and this and this and whatever. And they're like, no, 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 that doesn't work. I don't want to, I don't want to try it. And I'd be like tearing my hair out. And then like four years later, they'd be like, Hey, did you hear about this paleo thing? Have you like, do you, what do you think about lifting weights? And I'm like, I'll kill you. You know? Cause it's like, they got to They got to figure it out on their own. Right. Yeah. But again, part of this comes with maturity where it's like, it's not it, it. it's not my job to fix you. It's not my job to be your savior. If you learn it anyway, that's fine. It doesn't have to be from me. And sometimes it shouldn't be from someone too close because you just know how human dynamics work. Maybe your partner isn't the best person to teach you. Maybe it's not your job to teach your mother because she's got to get it from somewhere else, whatever. And that's easy to say when it's, again, maybe a parent, maybe a friend, but if it's your primary partner, maybe who's like that, it's a little bit tougher because this is someone that you are deeply connected to interacting with every day. Their moods matter to you. Their health matters to you. Um, the way they talk about or react to your lifestyle, it could be make or break a relationship. Like it's more serious when it's something like that. Right. Um, so that is more complicated. I mean, I think that, um, Again, when it comes to the example of, say, you have a partner who needs help, you think they need help, and they're not ready to hear you, um, it depends exactly, again, on like the, the, um, the, the what's the word? Like the scale of it, like if it's mm-hmm. like a very like acute, like you're really worried, whatever. Maybe at that point you need to recruit some other people in your life, maybe their family members, maybe their friends, and talk about why you're concerned and talk about like again. But if it's just like, you know, they're just kind of like in a funk and they don't really feel great. You think they could feel better if they exercised more or something. I think again, it goes back to just you living your life, you live your best life. Don't let them drag you down or stop you. You do what you have to do. And you can, in encouraging, positive ways, talk about how the things you're doing are helping you and how you'd love for them to be a part of it. You'd love for them to go for walks with you. You'd love for them to go on a hike or try a workout with you. Um, You'd love to go to this healthy restaurant with them, whatever framing it in a positive way instead of you're always miserable. You're always sick. You don't feel good. You keep telling me about your problems and you don't want to fix them. Because again, no one wants to be spoken to that way. Even if it's true, that's the unfortunate truth. I I tend to be somebody who's like very straightforward. So I'm like, look, if you're complaining, here's the answer, dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. But again, it's just, we're, we're sensitive creatures and this stuff is very personal. And so most people don't want to be approached that way. Most people need to sort of be finessed. And most people need to like see it from afar. And most people need to feel like they're coming to it themselves instead of being forced into something. So in some cases, you got to play the long game. You have to be patient. You have to be positive. You just have to model positive behavior and wait for them to come. And a lot of times they will. Um, If it's getting to a point where it is negatively affecting your life, you are perfectly allowed and okay to have a conversation with that person and say why they're behavior or attitudes or the way they talk to you or treat you or whatever is a, is negatively affecting your life. And you're allowed to extract yourself from that situation if it gets to a point where you feel like it's so negative or it's so unhelpful or dysfunctional that you can't, your health is is failing. Your mental health is failing. Your ability to thrive is failing because of the relationship you have. But that, that goes deeper into like, we're not talking about fitness anymore. We're talking about like- yeah couples counseling and therapy yeah. and personal mental health but but those are things that you're allowed to make that choice you don't have to you don't have to be miserable because someone else is miserable and i know it's easier said than done it's very hard to end relationships it's very hard to have these kinds of conversations but that's part of what this whole life journey is right you don't have to settle for something that isn't working. You don't have to allow something into your life that is making you miserable. You can do everything you can to change it and improve it and, and make it better if your intentions are good. And if it doesn't work, then you can move on from that. Um, and that even goes for family. Like I know lots of people who have had to unfortunately change their relationships or move on relationships with their families that were deeply, deeply harmful and dysfunctional because you you can't choose your family, but it doesn't mean that you have to suffer because of it, right? Like these are deep, deep topics now, but it's, um, it's not easy, but I mean, you, you gotta, at a, at a certain point, it's like the whole, you're in a plane, you put the mask on first before you help others. Yeah. Like you kind of got to look out for number one. And then when you're sorted out and you feel better, you can help other people do the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think you hit on a bunch of great points. I think, you know, leading by example is one thing, but then also realizing too, that like like you said, there's so much gray area and there's so many different ways to do different things. Right. So something that, you know, might be working for you and is making you, you know, if we're talking about health and fitness and nutrition, all of that, like you're seeing results from that and it's working for you and you're doing it. And you're like, if this person just did what I'm doing, or if my partner just did what I'm doing and got on board with it, like they would have the same results and feel so much better, but you know, everybody's so different. And like, you know if you go to the gym 3 times a week you're lifting weights and you know that it makes you feel amazing you love doing that and you want your partner to do that cuz you know that it makes you feel good it might not make them feel as good that might not be something that they want to do and that's okay like they yeah. don't need to be doing that if that's not something that's in like if that's not something that they want to be doing so i think that's also something that we need to think about like Yes. Something that's working for you and that you enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be something that they enjoy doing too, even if they are your partner, right? Like you are two different human beings. You don't need to be doing the same exact thing every single day. Um, I think that's important. And again, this is kind of going more into like the relationship side of things, which I am not an expert at all. Um, I'm just speaking from like my experience in terms of knowing that you can't force someone into anything, like you said, and we all have different things that we enjoy and we all have different outlooks on, on different things. Um, but I think that over time too, like, especially if we're talking about health and nutrition and things like that, if you are doing things on a consistent basis, like for example, if you're Cooking dinner or whatever, and you're doing that, you know, maybe in the beginning they, you know, don't want to eat what you're eating, but over time they're like, oh, like you're getting results. I see things happening with you. Maybe I want to try that, or maybe I want to, you know, work it into my life or something like that. So I think that's one thing. I think on another side of things, when we're talking about, you know, influencing your own family and your own friends, your own partners and things like that, for me personally, like I would never take on a family member, a close friend, a partner, anything like that as a client, because there is definitely something like, I personally think that you, I mean, some people, it's just like, you know, when you think about like in the hospitals, right. When, when they say, or you watch on like Grey's Anatomy Anatomy, where like the doctors can't operate on their loved ones, there's a reason for that. Right. So there's too much emotion. Exactly. 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 So if you are trying to like be your partner's health coach or your best friend's health coach, like there's going to be some pushback on that because there is that, that extra factor involved. So for me, it's like, if, you know, a family member or a friend or anybody comes to me and they're like, you know, I want, I want a nutrition coach or I want someone to help me with my nutrition or my fitness. I'm like, okay, I can't do that because I'm too close to you. And so there's a conflict of interest here. So I'm going to point you to somebody who I know is really good, can help you, is not, um, obviously has doesn't have the same relationship as we do. And then that's kind of how that goes. So I would mm-hmm. say if you are someone who is trying to Be your partner's coach or be your best friend's coach. Like that in itself is probably not the best idea when it Mm -hmm. comes to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why there are relationship coach, coaches, nutrition coaches, all that stuff. So
0: I love that. that And my take on it.
1: I also like what you
0: said too about how they don't have to do health the same way you do it. You know, like they can find something else. Like if your partner prefers, um spin class to lifting weights, if they prefer keto to paleo, if they, whatever. It's just, for me, I think the, the more frustrating part, and again, you can't change other people's mindsets, but maybe you can look at yourself and the, the ways you do these things, is that fix versus growth mindset. This Carol Dweck um, person who coined this, which is really, um, really important, which is mm-hmm. the idea that you are either open to growth and change and taking control over your own life, or you're not You think that things happen to you, that it's fate, there's nothing you can do about it, and that if something negative happens, you had nothing to do with it. It's just something that happened to you, and it's more of like a victim mindset. Mm -hmm. And we could all be that way because every single person, if you're alive and you made it here, you have things that you could feel victimized by. You can have things that could make you not want to get out of bed absolutely everybody we all do um some people have had it worse and some people have had it better but that's also subjective and a sliding scale so there's no point in saying well i had a worse life than you so suck it up i'm fine you know that doesn't that's not a thing we our brains are all different we all have things that are traumatic and stressful and terrible that have happened to us but if you find yourself saying things like why me why did this happen to me this isn't fair um life sucks like it is what it is like stuff like that and again again we could get into this conversation of the difference between just being miserable and actually having chemical or or serious mental health issues that need to be addressed by a professional but for most of us when we're just having shitty days where we're just mm-hmm. like everything sucks and it happened to me and what can you do and blah 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 like it's not helpful it's not helpful you're allowed to feel anger and frustration and be sad and be mad and have all those feelings, but what do you do with it? Because we're all here. We're all here on this planet that can be super miserable and confusing and unfair, and we have no no choice but to keep living in it. So how do we do it? How do we move on? How do we move forward? How do we make things better? How do we take more ownership over what's going on in our life? And if we keep falling back on that, it's just the way it is it's just what happens it's just my luck this just sucks there's nowhere to go from there so again it's i know it's easier said than done when something crappy happens but it's yeah. just how quickly and it goes back to that whole like how do you get back on the wagon it's mm-hmm. not that you never feel sad it's not that you never nothing bad ever happens to you it's how badly can you how quickly can you snap back out of it and say okay what do we do now what's next how do we move forward how do we get over it how do we get past it how do we get through it that's what matters. That's what can help you keep going. Cause that's really the only choice we have at the end of the day is just keep going. How do you want to do it? You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. And being, and putting your, like being in those situations and growing and learning from them, that's really the only way that you are going to build that resiliency, right? That we always talk about. So all right.
0: Well, this was a great therapy sesh for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. Same. Very cathartic. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think, I think we've done enough for today, but I, um, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on and having these chats. And I would love for anyone who's listening to give us both some feedback so you can reach out to us on social media. I'm at The Muscle Maven. You are
1: at RachelGregory.CNS.
0: Yes, and I have. This is you're probably listening to this on Muscle Maven Radio, but Rachel has her own podcast, MetFlex and Chill. So reach out to us, however you can, and tell us if you like this format. If there are topics that you think we should be covering that we haven't, if you have questions you'd like us to to discuss and rant about, um, <laughs> give us the feedback because this is what we're doing it for. So the more you tell us what you want, the more we can give you what you want. Um,
1: so that's that thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to, to do another one of these soon. All right. I got to hydrate and then
0: we'll, we'll keep going. All right. Sounds All right. Good. And that's it for this episode for this year. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. I'll see you in 2021. I hope that you're all, like I said, happy, healthy, enjoy some downtime if you can. Um, I'm still around, of course, so you know, if you have any questions, thoughts, comments, anything you want to let me know, you can send me a message on Instagram at The Muscle Maven. You can sign up for my newsletter at my website, Ashley Van Houten. If you're still looking for holiday gifts, I've got a big blog post up on my website with all of my favorite gifts. It's kind of like that Oprah's favorite thing thing, except it's Muscle Maven's favorite thing. So go check that out. I've got lots of cool gift ideas for you there. There's still time to get on that and get some treats for yourself and for others. Um, and that's it. Have an awesome day. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in the new year. Best of luck. And uh, I'll talk to you soon.